Okay, today I'm chatting with Sam Connor. It's another in the blockchain series. And Sam is an entrepreneur, he's a business and real estate investor, and he's a leading voice in, in the Stellar community. Uh, he's a champion for, for the work that Stellar do. Uh, he's a regular on the, the Stellar podcast and on the Public Node podcast. And perhaps most importantly, he runs his own show. It's, it's a live show where he speaks to people in the Stellar community, people running businesses on Stellar. And he had Steve and I on his show that he put out over Twitter live uh, last week. So yeah, we chat about you know, Sam's knowledge in terms of blockchain and Stellar, where he sees sees the market, where he sees the business going, some of his perspectives on, on crypto in general. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Sam Connor. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Task Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, it's an, it's an honor, Matt. I'm, I'm glad to be on the other side of the table, so to speak. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm glad to return the favor. We were obviously uh, you know, on your show. I think about a week ago actually. So nice to be able to return the favor. However, I have to say I get off lightly because you know the the audience hearing now are hearing the recording with you. You know, we we did the live one and yeah, pr- pretty cool. You do those those live shows pretty much all the time. Hey, when you're out there, you you putting yourself on the line with live shows. You know, every every time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I guess ignorance is bliss. I, I, I didn't really think about uh, the, the risks of doing a live show, but, um, but it's, it's been fun. I, I think I started doing it uh, more to excite myself. You know, the spontaneity of it um, has been great. And um, the feedback from the community has been, has been awesome as well when they see the, the timer kind of pop up there. So it's been fun to do. It's, it's been real fun to do. Yeah, well, it's cool. It's definitely more, I imagine, more nerve-wracking. But also, you know, I think in line with what we're talking about today, transparency. I mean, it's uh, it's fully transparent when you go live. You know, there's no there's no fiddling with the content. There's no playing around with what goes out there. So yeah, good on you. Um, look, I would have done a I would have done a short intro, but you know, in terms of just a startup, be great just to get a bit of background. You know, your history and um, you know why you find yourself in in this in this place as this. Uh, I, I suppose, kind of, you know, leading voice in the, in the Stella community? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, it's, it, it's humble, humbling to, um, to, to be in the spot to, to really help, uh, I guess, expose the, the, the Stellar blockchain. Um, you know, my, my background is, is, uh, is, is being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, my, my parents immigrated to the United States uh, from the Caribbean islands, uh, Trinidad and Tobago in particular. And so I, I really grew up in an environment where, you know, there were just, there were limitations, you know, not only being an immigrant, but also being a, um, a black male. Um, there was a, always a lot of limitations ever since I was a, a child. You know, I can remember even being in, uh, I think it was like third grade and this little boy looked over to me and said, and told me that his dad told him that uh, I'll, I'll never amount to much, you know? Wow. And I, I remember that as a, as a child. And so, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, seeing my parents, they work really hard. Um, and I have a lot of memories of that, um, but they were great parents. And so um, when, you know, when I realized I was about to hit college age, I, I knew that, you know, being an entrepreneur was the route that I wanted to take. You know, I, I remember going into university and, and you know, I think at first, honestly, I was I was thinking more of the, the corporate route. Um, 
you know, to be, to be quite honest, I never saw myself as being able to do anything on my own. But uh, I remember I, I did an internship and, and while I was doing the internship, there was this special event going on. It was, it was a, a music and, and business seminar, like uh, conference that was happening. And I just remember seeing so many people that were self-made and, and, and entrepreneurs. And uh, I think that freedom, you know, I think really honestly at that moment, I knew that I was, I was changing everything. And when I got off that internship, it was weird. It's like, I went back and I was like, nope. And I, I started my first business in college uh, with uh, my roommate and we started a, uh, a promotions company and uh, we started doing that. And then, you know, that, you know, um, kind of evolved and, and I started doing uh, marketing and promotions for, for artists, for recording artists. I, I, I connected with a, a local entrepreneur and uh, got exposed into that world a lot more, which was really great. Um, and then uh, that just expanded even more into uh, real estate. You know, I realized I, I met my, my wife, uh, well, it's my girlfriend, I ended up calling my wife. And um, I was like, I don't really like the entertainment world. <laughs> you, know, and the, you know, I didn't really like, I didn't like the world. I, I still I love <laughs> artists, but man, I didn't like that world at all. And so, you know, I decided, okay, I need to, I need to have a little more control. And then I got exposed into real estate. And, um, you know, I think, you know, through that whole process, you know, of, you know, you know, I started, I realized how many, how many hurdles there were, you know, mm. you know, I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any banking connections. My family sure didn't have any. And so I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes and I learned a lot. Um, but it really educated me on uh, the uh, limitations um, in the banking world. Um you know, the hurdles that were there, I, I got to, it exposed me to, I, I was fortunate to meet a lot of um, influential people around, around the globe, you know, in that process, just, just in, the, you know, being in the world and working really hard. You know, I got to meet a lot of people that were kind enough to, you know, kind of show me behind, you know, b b behind the, the curtains a little bit. You know, I got to understand that there really is a bias when it comes to financing. Like, it's not like a, you know, there's, there's a, uh, you know, people have like, the, there's like, there's a concept side of it of, you know, prejudice or, um, or uh, discrimination that happens, but then there's actual practices that are really based into fundamentals of how loans are created, how credit scores are derived. Um, you know, like I remember um, after the first recession, um, which I was fortunate, I, I say this now, I was fortunate to go through at a young age back in 2005, 2006. And seeing how, um, you know, people that, you know, had short sales and foreclosures, but maybe had a different background of mine, they were quickly, you know, they either A, didn't have as much of a hit to their credit and to their ability to get financing, or B, was able to bounce back up at a much faster pace than I was, even though I had more history, more experience, more, you know, fundamental, all those different things that I, I just realized it. So, um, you know, kind of fast forwarding, um, I, I knew even at that point, it was like another pivot in my life, right? It was like, there's, this is not enough. This is not, this is not going to get me to where I need to go. And, and I really started to, to research and search. And um, it was a tough mentally spot for me. Um, and I think at that time is, um, I was able to uh, connect with, um, uh, a cousin of mine, actually, who, um, you know, to this day right now, he's more than a cousin. He's like my best friend, my mentor. 
um, my brother. I, I really look at him that way. And, um, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, really on the subject. It's kind of like we both were in this phase of like frustration, you know, of what we were seeing. And we really started deep diving. And I mean, when I say deep diving, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, there were nights of not sleeping, of reading all day, of in the middle of work, like, I, I'm, you know, just going through the history of economics, world governments, um, understanding, you know, how the stock, how finance, how just really just uh, this, it, it became an obsession in, in, a, in a way of just diving into so many different aspects of history. Um, and, you know, we started to put the pieces together in many ways and, you know, started to understand the, the regular system. And, and then I remember at one point I, I asked him, I said, have you heard of Bitcoin? This is probably now 20, maybe 2012 or so. Yep. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember, um, I, I remember it from some, some past, you know, you know, files and whatnot. And, um, and he's like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like Napster, you know, what, what, what the whole Napster case. Right. And so we kind of tabled it and started, you know, kind of going through it a little bit. I think we might've just picked up a, a few just for, you know, you know, kicks and, um, and then kind of went back and once again, taking all the information and really still, I guess, in the real, the regular world, right. The non, the, the non, you know, uh, blockchain world, you know, still doing that stuff, that sort of thing. At that point, I, I started to, I was starting to get a grasp on building up, you know, real estate and really building up investments and, you know, started buying different things. And so that started moving forward. And um, I, he reached out to me again. He goes, Hey, I think, I, I, I think you really need to like focus back on this. And I said, what? He goes, remember the, remember when you asked me about, about Bitcoin and blockchain? I said, yeah. And, and he, it was almost like he was, <laughs> it's like, if you would have heard him at the time, it was almost like he was like, is he sounded like someone that was buried under like a bunch of, of papers, right? Like he was just like, he was going so fast and explaining it, but he really, he's not a technical person, which is the funniest thing. And so he's explaining to me and I'm just like, uh, uh, okay. And so, I mean, he really started like over, over like the next year or so really started. It's probably like 2015, 2016 or so. You know, okay. this when you when you start first kind of the, the last the, the peak when things started getting kind of public, there was um, people not yet. It was like so this okay. is like 25th. This is like maybe two years before that. Okay. Right? And so um kind of speed it up a little bit. Yeah, we got into it and and really started deeping diving deep again into into blockchain. And you know, I remember you know, Bitcoin was a couple hundred bucks, right? I remember that. Um Coinbase was around. Right. Okay. Coinbase was around. And, you know, um, I, I, you know, it was, it, I, it was a big learning process. Everybody that's now looking at, at crypto and blockchain. I mean, this is so much easier than yeah. when we were kind of getting involved. I mean, it was like really no holes bar. You know, it was it was, you know, paper wallets. And <laughs> I mean, it was. But I mean, at the same time, we, we, we had the context of history. And so the concept of multiple currencies, all these things really weren't foreign concepts. You know, it, it really wasn't foreign concepts. And, um, and so it made sense. It started making more and more sense. And so, 
you know, we started dedicating a lot of time again, just all into now into blockchain, reading every document that we could find, understanding all the different protocols. Um, but even at the even at the time, it's it still felt like like it was disappointing in many ways at the time. You know, it's like Bitcoin. I, I get, I got Bitcoin. I understood Bitcoin, but as life changing as it was, and, and it really was the, I mean, the creation what Satoshi did was really life changing. The fact that he was an immutable ledger that, I mean, that was, that was a game changer. Honestly, probably one of the greatest inventions, you know, in our lifetime, um, there was still more. And I think, you know, at that point, Ethereum came onto the picture and I said, okay, this is, this is good. Um, and then it wasn't until I would say around 2017, when everything started going crazy, when I realized what Stellar was. And, you know, you know, at the time, you know, when I was looking at Ethereum, and they were talking about it, they were talking about tokenizing of assets. Um, that really sparked my excitement, sparked both of our excitement. And I remember my cousin at the time, even, you know, he, he was talking, we were, he, he was like, you know what, I think that stocks and stocks, real estate, everything's gonna be on the blockchain. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. And then I remember looking at it and I said, but I don't think Ethereum can really handle this. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I remember saying, I don't, I don't think it based on, on, on the way the blocks and oh, it's, it's too clunky. I don't think I can really handle this. And so we started really searching, 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 searching. And the craze of blockchain was going up that year. And it was frustrating, honestly, at the time, because it was like w- people were buying tokens that really made no sense. It had no value, in my opinion, and the wrong things were getting attention. And we had, I remember, I remember having, coming across Stellar, and, but I was only looking at it from a, uh, a cross-border payment system, because that's what they were advertising, as cross-border payments. And um, I said, let me go back to that. And I started looking, started reading about Jed um, and, and about his mission, and started looking at what was being built on it. And really got excited. And then I, I, I went to the, they, they had on their website, they had all their docs where they really started. And I read the entire thing, like every, every single page about it. And this was literally, I remember like, honestly, it was like three, four o'clock one morning. And I called him and I said, this is it. He goes, what? He goes, no, 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 no. I said, I said, I said, they, they got it. They, they, they crack the code. They, they understand how to make this work. We literally debated about this for weeks because at the time there was um, like, I think it was um, um, ZRX was kind of going, was trying to, they were trying to make a, a layer two with tokenization and bringing assets on. Uh, there were, there were a couple other, other, um, you know, um, side chains off of Ethereum that were trying to do this. But I really believe that Stellar got it. It wasn't just from their tech, their, not just their technology, but in the way that they set it up, their governance and um, the, the way that they, you know, really seem to, you know, understand the real world. Because I, I felt as if a lot, of, a lot of projects didn't understand the world that we lived in. Like you weren't mm-hmm. just going to come in here and completely disrupt in, in the natural sense the whole financial system. Like it was not going to, <laughs> like, like they don't understand how the dollars and, and this, how this works, how governments and world leaders, how they build their power. 
And so Stellar really understood, they, they really created a way to merge it. And, um, um, and so once we kind of got onto that and I was really excited about Stellar, I realized that still people weren't talking about it. They were, there were other projects out there that um, they were hyping. I won't say any names, but there were a lot of the ones that I was able to, I, I mean, I was saying like, these are sca- either scams, straight out scams or, or, or illusions, right? Sleight of hand illusions. Um, and then I just started tweeting, you know, I just started tweeting and I remember having maybe one follower and, um, and it, it started to grow from there. Awesome. Well, it all starts with one follow. Look, cheers for such a thorough answer and really interesting to hear your journey, you know, from entrepreneur and still entrepreneur, but into, into this, this world. You, you touched on Stellar a bit then, and I, I think I probably know some of the answers, but it'd be great to talk through them and hear them. You know, when you, when you look at Stellar and if you can expand on that a bit more, you know, what was it that really excited you? And not at the bits and the bytes level, but in terms of mm-hmm. the, the real world application of this, because it sounds to me like definitely your upbringing, what you experienced from, you know, young and, and going through to now has probably some influence over that decision. I know as a business, why we look at Stellar as not just a good blockchain technically, but also as a business ethically and what they're trying to do. Can, can you just talk around some of those things that really attracted you and, and still do to Stellar and this kind of stuff they're doing? So, you know, I, I think, you know, when I, when I look at my, my journey through being an entrepreneur, right, the, it's to, to really try to get across, you know, and, and change your life. Like I said, I really started from, from, from nothing, honestly. Um, it comes down to cash flow, you know. That's the one thing. If you're listening and you're, you don't really have access, you know, you're wondering, how do I get, how do I become a, a millionaire? Whatever that means or whatever, you know, financially stable, you know, you're trying to find, it comes down to cash flow, mm. right? It comes down to cash flow. That's, th- that was the, the, the aha moment that I had when I was starting my journey. So, okay, I got to create cash flow. How do you create cash flow? The best way is a business. That's the best way. You start a business. I don't care what it is. Start a business, create cash flow. I don't care if you're selling, you know, uh, an item on, on, on Amazon or something, create cash flow. And try to create as many streams of it as you, as you can. And so, you know, in, in going through that process, like I said, I learned so many hurdles. And what I saw Stellar allowing is, like you said, from the bits and from the, from the, 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 the technology is great. But from a practical standpoint, what it does, it makes it really easy for, for, for almost anybody to create a wallet or to leverage the technology to trade commerce. And you, and you got these anchor systems where, for instance, you know, hey, if I'm selling, you know, shea butter in, in Chicago and I, I'm working out of my house, that I could right now, you know, connect with, you know, somebody in Africa or Argentina, you know, anywhere, you know, and, you know, trade back and forth. Um, and so you have cash flow. The other thing that it answers is, okay, you know, it's, is, is how do you have, you know, how do you raise capital? You know, when I was starting off and let's say you wanted to get into real estate, it, I mean, real estate is probably one of the easiest, most leverageable things you can get into. Um, but it's, it still has a lot of hurdles, 
you know, between your down payments. And it, I, I remember being in situations where I had sound ideas, like it worked, the numbers worked, that I, I couldn't find financing because I had to go through a gatekeeper. And so mm. when you talk about the idea of tokenization that Stellar is providing, where you can buy, you can buy fractions of a share of a stock, or you can buy, go into precious metals through Stellar, or, you know, let's say now if I, you know, there's several projects that are trying to put this together where let's say, you know, you live in a community and you have a cash flowing property, hey, you can tokenize it on Stellar and you could open it up to other people that can help you to raise that capital, you know, a lot easier. You see like what Smartlands is doing. So, you know, when I look at it from that perspective, the opportunity that it has, and I'll say, I'll add this to it as well is that, you know, I really believe that, you know, the economy should have been in a recession or depression a couple of years ago, you know, because of all the funding and all the pumping and printing of dollars, we've allowed this illusion to go on, but it's not going to last. And we are going to go, we're in a world right now where jobs are going to be, are lost and they're not going to be recovered. Everybody that I know realized in the last year that they can make more money with less people, tons, tons of business owners, less yeah. space. And so if you're an average person out there, you need to figure out a way to utilize your funds, whatever funds you have, you need to be able to leverage it as much as you can to invest it. And once again, that's for these assets, you know, not just speculative assets in the true sense, but, you know, stocks and, you know, you know, hard assets, real estate, gold. And I mean, you talk about like, even like TFC, I mean, they're creating a whole economy on their token, you know what I mean? So there's so many different creative ways that you can utilize Stellar that we probably haven't even realized yet. Um, but you know, being your own business is, I, I believe is going to be so crucial in the next 10 years for people to survive. And so, you know, from that aspect is why I believe stellar is, is so powerful and, and important. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, um, you know, to, just to underline some of those points, I mean, from, you know, we've been using stellar within our platform since we founded two, two, three years ago, but my learning curve at technology level and, you know, in the last few months, because of dealing with, with people like yourself and, and, and the business and, and the foundation, you know, really understood a whole lot more and things like the anchors. And, you know, I get this notion from Stella. I, I don't know if it's right, but good to hear your reflection on it really. But when I look at what Stella are doing, I, I really feel like they're creating this technology or they have this technology. They almost want to kind of, put into the background to facilitate all sorts of great real life businesses. And it's not really about Stellar and you'll have people trading and people will understand that, but it's really about having this mechanism to fulfill their mission and their strategy around anchors, I think underpins that, you know, it's about how can I be a, you know, a small business in Mexico or, or a, a farmer in this part of the world or someone in, in San Francisco or wherever, where I don't really need to understand Stella. I just have technology that can solve problems for me outside of the traditional methods. It, is that kind of how, you know, it, is that a correct statement in terms of where Stella's going in terms of their strategy to really branch out and, you know, fulfill their mission as a business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, you know, what people don't realize is that we use anchors right now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, 
when you go on to Cash App, you're you're taking your you're digitally transferring your money from your bank account into Cash App, who is custodial now of your funds, right? It, your funds yeah, okay. are in Cash App, right? And so, and then you're sending it to your friend once again, in which you're taking an anchored asset of your USD or whatever currency, you're sending it to your friend. It's it's an anchor system, but it's a crappy anchor. The the current system the the current system that we use is is crappy. You know, PayPal and Venmo are owned by the same company, but if I have PayPal and I want to send it to you by Venmo, I can't just digitally send it to you. Hmm. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have to either create go download go through a whole new process and create another Venmo account, or and 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 try to send it that way. Right. And so it, it, it's, it's a real crappy system, you know, even various bank accounts in the United States. I can't just easily say, oh, OK, you're banking at such and such. Let me send you money. So Stellar is saying, hey, look, we have recreated that same system on blockchain. We've improved the system. And so if Venmo, PayPal, everybody were to, were to come onto this system, now, if I have a cash app and you have PayPal or I have cash app and you have Zelly, I can just simply send you the money digitally. You know, the same way, you know, with the way email works, right? It doesn't matter if you have Hotmail, they have AOL, this person has a U.S. government email address. It doesn't matter. I can send them I can send them a document. Um, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, imagine if you had to literally log off of Gmail, log on and then transfer everything onto, onto Yahoo. Imagine what kind of, it, it makes, it sounds stupid, but we're doing that with money. And, um, and so, yeah. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, you know, they, they've, they're recreating the world. That's a great analogy. I never thought about it like that. That's a really, really, you know, part of, part of the problem with this whole space or that the challenge is is communicating it in ways like that where people just get it you know that's a really great analogy of if i ever you know if i had a gmail account and now i've got to transfer a cost to to a yahoo account so yeah really good really great analogy and i, I think maybe it's a good segue in terms of you know obviously where we are is the nonprofit sector predominantly um solving problems for nonprofits, having really you know awesome uh, conversations around innovation with this tech and i know you've had some experience in in the charity and the nonprofit sector and be great to touch on that and just explore what you see you know outside if you understand our business what we're doing but yeah. there's obvious opportunities for nonprofits when you're when you're talking about you know what you just talked about in terms of transferring funds to different places getting money to where it's needed disaster relief situations it just touch on that but you you've had some experience in nonprofit in the nonprofit sector right yes. and over your yeah. career yes and, and and yeah and so oh man you know the the biggest concern so um years ago i got involved and wanted to you know was thought about creating a nonprofit and decided well there's so many nonprofits that already exist why not create an entity that can help other nonprofits do what they want to do. Mm. So that kind of got me into that whole thing. And I ended up becoming a chair of a nonprofit that dealt with at-risk, at-risk children. Um, the biggest thing, you know, when I, when I looked at it and I was passionate about, you know, okay, this, it's a great director. It's a great program. It's so much there. Okay. How do we, let's go out and, and raise as much capital as possible so we can 
fully, you know, you know, materialize this mission as a stewardess, as a person, you know, I, you know, I'm like, okay, how do I, you know, if I go to a company or I go to somebody and I say, Hey, you know, give me a hundred thousand dollars. I want to be able to show this person how it's being used. Right. Because there's so many nonprofits where they're not being used accurately. It's, it's a scam. A lot of these, and I'm not going to say, I won't say any names. A lot of these major nonprofits really it's a travesty. You know, all this money comes in very few dollars actually go to the resources of where they're supposed to take them. And the rest goes into parties and salaries and all those different things. And so, you know, how do you, how do you address that? And so that, that was definitely a problem that I saw. And, you know, um, I saw nonprofits where there was money that was stolen, you know, and, and, and it's a common, it happens all the time. I mean, or a lot of organizations and especially even smaller ones, because they don't, they're really relying on the trust of another individual that says they, they are a, a, the treasurer of, you know, of the nonprofit to do the right thing. And uh, it, it, it opens up so many opportunities. So yeah, when you have a public ledger where you can trace and track and verify, it, it does two things. One, it's, it, it's, it helps to eliminate the, the scammers out there because if we can make it a, a standard, right? Hey, if you're raising money, you need to use blockchain, right? It, you need to, because this is how we ensure, you know, that the transparency and the integrity of the nonprofit, okay? We create a standard of that. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that it's, it's not even a matter of, I guess, of making it some sort of law, but if we get enough major nonprofits to all agree to this and they start doing it on their own, I think that, it, hey, if someone's giving money, they're going to want to see, is there that task, let's just say that task stamp on that nonprofit? If that task stamp is not there, <laughs> I'm not touching it, right? I'm not <laughs> touching it, you know? And so we can get to that point, you know, it does that. But then also, right, also for, because there's, there's a lot of nonprofits out there like I said, some of some, these are the small ones, the ones that they're not focused on marketing. They maybe aren't, you know, the well, most well connected to, you know, get in front and do these big speeches. But let's say, for instance, we live in a world now where we have that task stamp and I'm able to now to go out and I can see where the dollar is being used. And I can see that there's a, there's a place in, in, uh, in Virginia and, and it's a lady who's been helping at-risk children in her community. And I can see 90% of that money is going into that community. She's taking it and I can see where she's using it day in, day in, day out, day out. You know what? Now I got the opportunity to say, oh, that's a, that person is doing good. Mm. I want to, you know, provide money. And, and, and I see not just nonprofits, but even churches and, 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 you know, so on and so forth. I mean, gosh, I get excited yes. thinking about it. That would yeah, be a so game changer, man. It's a, I mean, it's a huge error. It's not the, the interesting thing. It's not new. I mean, you know, the notion of transparency is not new, and um, the te- some of the technology is new. But I think what has changed from, you know, what I've seen in the last ten years, I've been kind of in and around the nonprofit space for ten years. Is there were always, you know, certain kind of I like to call them kind of smart charities that wanted to do things a certain way. Typically, often smaller, smaller charities and social enterprises, but. There has been, there is now a lot more public pressure, which is a good thing, to 
right. make sure. And the pressure's coming the other way now because people, because, you know, you mentioned there, I mean, they're quite public. There's, there's a number of really unfortunate, very high profile public cases where you've seen the, the misuse of funds and doubling up and all sorts of, you know, just bad situations that really paint a, that tarnish the sector when you've got a lot of great people doing great work. So it really is exciting because you, you're solving these yeah. two problems in a, in a dual sense where you get money to the project faster, you track how it's used. Great. You know, in very simplistic terms, but um, yeah, I'm excited too. And I love you. Cheers for the, 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 uh, the task stamp. Good, 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 good plug that we'd certainly. Well, it's like a task podcast, that. right? <laughs> very true. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, very true. Um, you know, we're in a, we're an interesting year now, let's face it. We've been an interesting couple of years in, in many, many yeah. ways, but um, you know, certainly, in the sector we're in that there is you know a kind of i wouldn't say a renewed interest but it feels like a bit a bit like it was a few years ago but it's also different um two questions in there really i mean do you agree with that are we you know are we now at the kind of hey the 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 real use cases are really taking hold you know because if you look three four years ago there was this kind of excitement and it seemed a lot more of the excitement was around Bitcoin and, and trading, and then there were many too, you know, too many ICOs and all this other stuff happened. Now you're seeing a lot more real life use cases, you know, real business adoption. You know, is that something you see? And I suppose secondary and linked to that, do you think really just the reality of what we've dealt with for the last 12 years of being locked down and the importance of, you know, what digital currencies can bring because of mm-hmm. COVID? Do you think that's having an effect or it's just coincidental or, you know, so... No. So I remember like um, last year prior to COVID, right right before COVID, I went to this, uh, this uh, presentation and it was like, I think the power summit or something like that it was called, but the, the gentleman, and I can't remember his name on top of my head, but he was, he, you know, he was a speaker. He speaks around the country and was talking about the speed of technology and, you know, just mm-hmm. how this rapid pace of the way the whole economy in the world was, was going towards. And um, I remember at the end, somebody asked, he goes, well, um, you know, because it was kind of dire. We basically got to this point where he was like, at a certain point, we're going to hit this, 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 uh, this plateau or, or this, this segment, this, this tipping point is what I'm looking for, where, you know, the world is going to be all tech and it's going to be very, it's going to be hard. The gap between what humans are able to do to compete is going to be very hard. And I remember him saying that, yeah, it's, there's no, there's no easy way around that. And this was pre COVID, right? This was pre COVID. Then the lockdown happened. And I mean, you saw the massive change, you know, like I've, I've shared before, like I I have rental properties. Right. And I remember for a long time, I could not get people to use like, you know, like I want Hey, look, if you got a work order, use this, you know, use this, this application. If you want to pay, use this application. And it was like pulling teeth. No one wanted to do it, right? Once COVID happened, I mean, it was amazing. Everybody, I saw everybody at all different economic levels, they switched yeah. because everywhere they went, that was just the norm. It became the norm. Everywhere they went, they, they got used to not talking to people on the phone. They got used to emailing. They got, and just like that, it, it transferred. And so- I think, yeah, I mean, you kind of had, you know, like I started off this, this uh, evolution that really started in the ninth in the 90s, right? You know, it's when, you know, when it really started picking up steam with the internet. 
and it's and it just started to kind of evolve and then as technology and capabilities started expanding it started accelerating then you had blockchain which i mean that was just a pandora's box to talk about creativity it really is amazing when you think about with people like you know jed and you know jesse powell and roger veer and you know uh vitalik what these artists in many ways these geniuses in many ways were able to create you know basically on their own yep. you know it's amazing it's amazing i don't think they get enough credit for it honestly um and so and then you had the pandemic so yeah i do believe that it's it's a it's a combination of all these things that got us to this point to ask you to your earlier your first question as far as um utilities um absolutely there's some great blockchains and protocols right now that uh, have some great use case. You know, I mean, you, you see it happening all over these, you know, you, you know, from this uh, DeFi and the decentralized finance um, to data storage is a lot of uh, some great projects doing that um, to um, streaming, leveraging blockchain for streaming. Um, but then you have Dogecoin. <laughs> I, you know what? It was uh, it was written on my notes before. I was like, "Should we, you know, do we bring up Dogecoin?" Because uh, but it's you, hard not to. You brought it up yeah, anyway, it's hard which not is great. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's um, you bring up Dogecoin, and and it's like um, yeah, you know, and so and then you you know, and and so I, I think yeah, on one end you have you you have this real technology, this real growth that's happening, but yeah, we still have a little bit of that. ICO type fever between, you know, Dogecoin is, you know, it has that ICO fever that reminds me of 2017. You have, I was, you know, I was trying to find these... the, the quote that must, so I was just trying to find it there, but it, cause it um, must made a, he made a comment again today, didn't he? he called himself. Oh, I saw. Yeah. What Doge, was it? The that, Doge father. That's right. Oh, yeah, I couldn't yeah. remember. But, and, I don't and it, understand that. I, you know, no, I, I'd, I'd love I to hear your theory. I don't on understand. It, I, I'd listen to my interview. theory on it. Well, yeah, yeah, go on, yeah. Go on. I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, th there's a couple ways to look at it. On one end, are they making a point, right? Are they making a point? I mean, because, you know, um, on here, here's one storyline that I kind of see evolve is you had this kind of like religion around Bitcoin, right? You had this religion around Bitcoin, and I mean. Bitcoin is a store of value, right? I mean, it doesn't really, there's not much that it can, I mean, they, they could have created smart contracts. They could have done a lot of things, but they just didn't, right? Um, that's why you had all these forks. It, it just couldn't move together. There's all these different ideas. So um, Bitcoin is a great piece of technology and, and it's a store of value, but there's like this religion behind it. And so when, you know, so it's kind of like, well, when it took Elon and, Mark Cuban talking about it, all of a sudden, this, I mean, it was like the bottom of the bottom crypto. Mm. It's now number six or seven. And so it's like this, it's almost like an experiment. And it's interesting before he really started, he really started, you know, on this Dogecoin thing, Elon said the most, the most entertaining outcome is usually the best outcome. He, he, he started to leave these little droplets of this, right? Of this experiment that he was kind of hinting towards. And so a part of me thinks that maybe that's that's part of it. Um, and it, and in that process, what I've seen happen is a lot of institutions that were 
really bullish on, on Bitcoin, just Bitcoin, they started to evolve their discussion into utility. Because then the question is, okay, well, what's the difference? Yeah. Right. What's the difference between one token to another token? Is it just belief? Is it just, you know what I mean? Okay. If someone just believes in it, then it, it works. Right. It, it's, it's different when we get into utility because now it's, it's a little more, now we can compare apples to apples. The, what does this thing do? Okay. Based on what it does, it creates value in the token because of demand and usage of it. Right. It's a little, it's a little different conversation. So I've seen that happen. Um, but I, I think my fear though, is that it's dangerous because you can lose a lot of money really fast in crypto. Yeah. And I think that the danger is, is that when it's all about creating habits, right? It's, you know, uh, Warren Buffett, he missed out on a lot of, a lot of investments. He missed out on, on Apple. I mean, they say Steve Jobs sat down with them. They said Bill Gates sat down with them. They said Bezos sat down with them and he passed on all of those but he's still a billionaire, right? Why? Because he had, he had, he had good habits. He had a, he, you know, he, he, he had a, a disciplined and he stuck to his discipline and it worked. And, and I believe in that philosophy, even with real estate. I know a lot of people over the years that, you know, as I was kind of, you know, trotting along, they came up and they splashed and they, they hit it out the park and then they were bankrupt splash hit it out the park and then bankrupt and i just like right and you see with lotto winners right you see lotto winners they win all this money go broke and so i think that what he's doing and he you know what i i don't i hope he doesn't realize right is that he's training people in a false habit because i'm seeing people out there who got lucky they put you know this one guy there's an article i read with this guy he took he he took a hundred thousand dollars from his I think it's 401k, cashed it out. Then he leveraged it to the max on, on Binance or whatever. So he leveraged it to the max, but he was lucky and he caught it when, and it yeah. ran to the top. I saw this one. Yeah. But there's so many other stories of people who did that and failed. And so once you have the habit of doing it on Dogecoin, now your belief is I could do it on anything. So you take your profits, you move it to, and ladies and gentlemen, you can lose a lot of money fast on, in, in blockchain. You can lose a lot of money fast in, in seconds, in seconds. So yeah, I think it's dangerous what he's doing in, in many ways. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that story ends. Yeah, it will be. I, I heard the same stuff that you heard. I, and maybe who knows? I'm not, I'm certainly not, uh, in the right circles to know what Elon Musk is thinking, but it does seem pretty strange. Right. Some of the stuff he's doing. I mean, he, he made a comment saying it was, you wouldn't it by ironic if the one coin that was, you know, the, the one coin that was launched as a joke becomes, you know, one of the most uh, kind of used one, which but that in itself is a dangerous path in terms of like you said, I mean, <laughs> promoting in that way, but it, it could be that kind of crazy. That's what he's doing. But um, anyway, I mean, at least, you know, I think outside of that, there's, there's, you know, all sorts of other stuff going on and great application and, um, you know, almost kind of coming to the end, but it'd be great. I, I didn't, you know, this hadn't been a question, but listening to you and knowing some of our audience and, and actually mm. knowing where the world's at today, it'd be great just to end on a kind of note of advice on it really. And, you know, people starting businesses coming into this space, you know, so people that there are way more people now, as you would know, 
you know, having to choose entrepreneurship. I mean, you chose entrepreneurship, yeah. you know, it was something natural to you. You wouldn't, I don't think have gone anywhere else. That there's an interesting thing happening in the world and touching on your point of people going out of work. I mean, it is, I think we're going to see a, you know, a time over the next, I don't know how long it's going to go for, but you know, two, three, four, five, ten 10 years where there's almost a forced entrepreneurship, more and more people are going to have to go out there and generate their own opportunities. And, you know, advice that you would give to people stepping out for the first time to do that um not necessarily in this space but just in general it'd be great to get your slant on that as a kind of seasoned entrepreneur um i i would i would definitely encourage you know everybody listening to to really consider it um and um you know advice that i would say is start small you know start small uh lead with revenue you know, and what I mean by that is to, you know, don't go out and just start spending money. And, and, you know, I see a lot of people when they start businesses, they spend so much on, on flyers and logos and all these different things that really don't have an effect, you know, you know, focus on your product. You know, the best thing that you can do is, is, is sell your product. That's it. You know, if, if, if you have a good, if you find a good product, I don't care what it is, it could be, you make a candle. Let's say you make, you're at home and you make candles. Make the best candle that you can possibly make. Work hard on that. Make the best candle you can make. And then let somebody, you know, sell it to one person. Let them smell it. When they smell it and they say, oh my gosh, this is the best candle. That is your best advertisement right there. Focus on that. Um, and so, so yeah, I would say leave with revenue. Um, and um, <laughs> work really hard. You know, you know, really, you know, and, and, um, and, and understand that it's the, it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to quit your job. You know, if you're doing what you like, you're doing what you enjoy. It, it doesn't, but I, I absolutely encourage everybody, even if you have a job to, to try to, to practice that, you know, practice starting your own business, start something small, you know, see what it feels like to generate your own income. And, um, and I guarantee you it will change your life. Awesome, Sam. Yeah, great, great advice. Appreciate it. I know other people will will definitely appreciate that and take it on board. So, look, it's been great having you on. I mean, I, the work you do in the space, we need more people like you. I think it's great what you do. I mean, you know, it's it, there. I, I think we said this off off call. You know, I speak to people all the time who are trying to learn about this sector you know you can read the the newspapers every day but there is a gap you know the the job you do in terms of really pushing out the real messages of of what's being done with blockchain in your case with stellar um yeah really appreciate the work you do and and keep doing it so i mean in terms of sharing some of that where can people learn about you find out more you know follow your work online um yeah where where yeah so um yeah, so I'm on I'm on Twitter. Um, that that that's 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 one place at Sam Connor, S A M C O N N E R one at Sam Connor one O N E, um, and then you can also um, join our Discord. Um, and if you go to StellarGlobal.chat, um, you know that's you know that's where we are. Stellar Global, um, what we're what we're what we're building over there with with people from all over the world. Right now, we currently have a, a Korea channel. Turkey Channel, Caribbean Channel, um, Austria. We have Ireland, um, and um, I, I want to say we have a European channel right now as well. Uh, what we're what we're trying to build is a community where we're able to um, to teach more about how to 
you know, how to turn this, this uh, blockchain that Stellar has um, into an opportunity to start your own business, to expand awesome. your own business. Um, and so we're, we're creating these, these networks so that way people can do it. Um, as a matter of fact, I can plug uh, March 5th in our Discord at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We are, I've got um, John Moss from uh, the Uhuru uh, wallet there out in uh, South Africa uh, or uh, actually East Africa. And um, we've, I've also got um, Ivan from um, Argentina. They have an app called Anclap. They're both anchors, right? So they're both anchors, uh, Argentina, uh, Peso, um, and over on Anclap. And they're going to be in Discord discussing what it's like to be an anchor. You know, how do they become an anchor, which is really cool. I mean, you know, people were, I mean, this, the banking sector is where all the money's at. And so with Stellar, you know, you can have a piece of that. You can, you can get involved now, you know, and help out within this, in this world. And so I think the anchor system is a massively underrated opportunity that Stellar is providing. You have the opportunity to work, to help bring assets onto the blockchain, onto the new world. And so I think it's a huge opportunity. And so we got two anchors that are going to be on to discuss that. And you, it's going to be a clubhouse style events. And so you can hear the discussion, you know, you can raise your hand, ask a question um, and learn more. So we hope to do more of that as well. So shout out to everybody, Amir, my good buddy out there at Turkey, who's been, who's been like my, my, my go-to guy, Dorian as well. Um, uh, and, and uh, Ferg and everybody else, all this that, that have been part of the team to really help make this a reality. Awesome. Cheers. I will leave all of those um, notes in, in the podcast notes when I publish it. And I, thank you. Based on what you just said, I'll probably, unless you got, I'll find a decent link to, you know, resources on, on what anchors are and stuff just for, for people watching who want to kind of learn more. And if you've got a suggested Absolutely. one, let me know. Otherwise I'll just grab it from the, from the Stellar website. So, Hey man, it's been, Absolutely. yeah. Stellar, Stellar org, man. Stellar.org. Great website. A lot of great information. Awesome, Sam. Look, brilliant having you on. Appreciate your time. And we shall, um, keep talking more as the, as the months and years roll on. So have a good, thank you guys. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the task podcast and hope you found it interesting. If you'd like to get in touch and have a chat with myself, Matt, one of the team, then we are at hello at task.io and we'd love to speak to you. Cheers. Cheers.